time for bookmarks. We do it each Wednesday. Invite a prominent New Zealander in to tell us about a few of their favourite things. And today I'm joined by film history and vintage cookery blogger Laura McFan. McFan. She describes herself as a part-time writer and full-time amateur mixologist. And she has a particular interest in anything retro, nostalgic and spooky. You can read her takes on everything from gothic cocktails to old Hollywood to myths about bananas on her blog, Eclectic Ladyland. And Laura McFeehan joins me now. Hi. Hi. Great to see you. Thank you. Welcome to the studio. Thank you very much. I love your range of interests. (laughs) Did your blog start with one thing or was it just, did it just start as an expression for you and whatever you were thinking about or interested in on the day? Uh, No, very much was me and my blogging partner, Natasha, uh, wanted somewhere where we could write the kind of stories that they don't really, uh, the pictures don't go through if you put them through anywhere else. So yeah. we both have a very sort of uh, eclectic range of interests and we just wanted somewhere where we could we could do those sort of deep dive, wacky things. Um, how do people find it out of interest? I found it on Facebook. Is that the easiest way to start? Yeah, probably. If you find it on Facebook, there's usually links to um, the blog. Uh, we're on Instagram and things as well. But um, Tell me about some of the topics you've covered. Oh, uh, let's see. I did a one that was popular was looking at the um, whether or not uh, Rudolph Valentino had a cursed ring. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Possibly is the answer. Um, then we do a lot. I do a lot of things, uh, film recommendations and that kind of thing, uh, TV movies, horror movies, all that kind of stuff. But you you gravitate towards the spooky. I do. Um, I I I mean I have pretty Catholic tastes in that I I, I read and watch just about everything. Um, but yes, there's usually a spooky element to it. I I do like the spooky. You've got your blog posts arranged into different categories. Can you tell us about some of those? Yes. Well, Natasha's actually, she's the genius behind uh, organising the blog. Um, uh, usually I have I write it and then I have to say, Natasha. <laughs> yeah, it's good to have a partner <laughs> like that. WordPress has changed. <laughs> but, yeah, so there's, there's uh, we both are interested in old Hollywood. There's uh, everything uh, in the kitchen sink kind of thing, which is a lot of uh, vintage cookery. That's where the banana myths come in. Um, oh, All sorts, banana, yeah. All sorts. Um, and you're here for bookmarks, so you're going to tell us about a few of your favourite things. Um, shall we? Let's start with a piece of music, though. Okay. Um, and I played a little snippet of this at the start of the show. I don't want to cry no more. Tell us why you've chosen this one. Oh, I, I love the I love the Shirelles. I love the sixties girl groups in general, mm. I think. Um they they have such I mean that's actually kind of a gothic romantic kind of sensibility in a way. It's very high drama, uh very glamorous, um everything you want to be as a teenager, I think, which is when I started listening. Formed in New Jersey in nineteen fifty seven. Yeah, so they're actually one of the first sort of girl groups. They kind of um sort of uh, lit the way in a way for other that sort of more 60s kind of sound but yeah, um, yeah. Uh, okay this is I don't want to cry no more I still love you just like I did before but before you smile 
Great sound. Back from when songs were just two minutes long. (laughs) Then when they went more to like four minutes, and now I think they're sneaking back down towards two minutes again. Back with Laura McPhee on Bookmarks after the headlines. Thank you, Jesse. Education Minister Jan Tanetti says the secondary teachers' 14.5% wage rise will need offsetting with cuts. She says it'll cost $680 million more than what was budgeted. A health and safety expert has told the Fakari White Island Health and Safety Trial that tourists should have been told of the risks. The Crown Range in the South Island is closed due to snow between Eastburn Road and Cadrona Village. And the Electoral Commission is warning voters about the spread of inaccurate information, either accidental or deliberate, this election. We'll have more news at three. This week on Country Life, the Clean Streams Karamia Nursery is helping local farmers do riparian planting. These caramo, cabbage, niko, flax, akiake, we've got tarata growing. I wanted something that was kind of going to do a flower or something because I've got a few beehives. So I want something where the bees can kind of sit in there and be happy. Country Life, Friday night and Saturday morning after the news at 7 on RNZ National. This is Bookmarks with Laura McFeehan, a, uh, well, she does all sorts. She's a blogger, she's a mixologist, a writer, um, big interest in film, so looking forward to hearing some of her favourites. And we'll start with a book that you actually read about every 10 years. Kristen Loverin's Dutta by Sigrid Unset. That's the one. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a book that's set in 14th century Norway. So it's a it's set in the Middle Ages, um, and it follows the life of one, the um, actually the title character yeah. from childhood all the way through to her death. So uh, it's actually a trilogy. It's uh, three parts, but it's um, 
it's an amazing you feel like you've lived a whole life in, uh-huh. the, in, in the middle ages yeah um which you know if i could take antibiotics with me i'd I wouldn't mind trying. (laughs) Yeah. What else would you take with you? Yeah, that's right. Probably. Refrigeration, maybe. Yeah. (laughs) Is it it suitable for a younger audience? Often books about or that feature like uh, young characters are for younger people. But is it? I I would say that um, I I mean, I think I first read it when I was 21. Mm hmm. you, I've certainly teenagers could read it. Yeah. Um, it would very much depend on your taste. But if you're into, you know, historical stuff, that kind of thing. Is it nothing, a well-known trilogy? It is. It's very well. Well, it's very well known in Norway. Yeah. Uh, she won the Nobel Prize. Oh gosh. Um, based on the, that and another historical yeah. book that she wrote, so it's kind of a classic. But there's actually there was a new translation just a couple of years ago by Tina Nunnally, which is um, a far superior translation, and I, I would definitely recommend going for that one. Um, you don't speak Norwegian? I don't. No. I don't. So you rely on the translation? I do. and um, I th- It was noticeable? It was definitely noticeable, and, I mean, I think translation is kind of an art in itself, and so having someone who not only can get the sort of you feel like you're getting closer to the source material, but also has a kind of a um, can be poetic in their own, you know, thing. There's that line between the license of a translator and yeah. Um, I think Tina Nunnally does it really well, so I would definitely go for that one if you're looking it up. Great recommendation, thank you, Kristen Lavrens Dutta. Um, you might be better to Google the writer Sigrid Undset, U-N-D-S-E-T. How about this is how you lose the time war? Yes, sort of a completely different pick. Um, whereas the other one is this a massive ch- t- sort of trilogy. Mm. This one is just under two hundred pages. Um, it's a sci-fi um, novella written by two authors, and it's uh, makes up. It's like an exchange of letters between these uh, two characters who are temporal agents in a sort of a um, time war, sort of a like a Cold War scenario with these yeah. uh, agents who exchange at first kind of like goading letters between the two of them uh-huh. that develops into sort of something quite different. But um, it's a incredibly lyrical, beautiful book. I mean, it t- does have some sci-fi action and stuff, but really it's the language and the sort of the... Uh, the romance of the words and the romance between these characters, which mm. is it's it's not like it's different from anything I've ever read, and it's I I recommend it to everybody. I think it's stunning. Yeah, you mentioned you read the other one about every ten years, mm. and I see on a review of this book it says it um, really warrants multiple readings. Definitely. Is definitely. that because of its poetic nature? Sometimes yeah. you don't quite get poetry first time through. Yeah, and I think just the language just stands up to rereading. So you can you can sort of you can dash through it to sort of because it's exciting, but you you can definitely go back and spend some time with the sort of prose, and it's it's um, very beautiful. You like to knit as well. I do. I knit a lot. <laughs> yeah. What are you working on at the moment? At the moment, I am working on a feral cardigan for myself. Um, in 
the end of September, it's going to be the Heritage Festival in Thames, and I am manning a stall demonstrating feral techniques. So I don't know if I know that word, feral. Feral is... Uh, it's an, actually an island in the Shetlands, which is the very north of the Hebrides. Hmm. Um, you'd probably recognise the knitting if you saw it. It became oh. quite popular in the no, 30s. I guess mention this to me, there's YouTube, they, they knit very fast, don't they? Yes, yes they do. You knit in the round and you do doing colour work of sort of repeated motifs. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's quite fun and... Um, it's always been popular, I think, but uh, it's recently the sort of the techniques as well as the sort of aesthetic is becoming uh, people are interested in that again. So, man, it seems like you really get a lot of lot out of life. <laughs> I, is that yeah. a philosophy? Is that a conscious choice that you're going to throw yourself into all these different used art to be, forms? And yeah, it used to be something I worried about. I think because there's that kind of the idea of dabbling sometimes gets in bad rap you know there's that kind of jack of all trades mm-hmm. master of none kind of thing but I you know now I've decided that's just how my brain works and I'm just gonna you know go with it yeah. you know I, I if there's something which takes my interest why not you know I get the feeling you'd be great in a pub quiz <laughs> I, I have do you have a sticky brain for all the things that you come across in the course of your yeah pop culture journey. Oh yeah, nothing nothing sort of uh, that can help you too much in your daily life. <laughs> but if you are stuck somewhere with sort of trivia questions happening, then you can be sometimes be helpful there. <laughs> and while you knit, you listen to podcasts. I do. Uh, what is This Is Love? This Is Love is a podcast by the same people who do the podcast Criminal. Um Phoebe Judge is quite sort of revered in the podcast world. And This Is Love is a sort of a sister show to that, but instead of looking at things connected to crime and law, it's looking at love in a very broad sense. So sometimes they're romantic stories. Sometimes they're stories about people with a love of, you know, trains or yeah. their collections. Not always romantic Not love. always romantic Um so it's it's very it's good for nerds who like hearing other people's sort of you know if you like hearing other people's sort of info dumps yeah. about something then it's great it's very affirming because it's it's a very sort of shows you all the different ways love comes into our life mm. i guess which is something which is a nice sort of contrast to your true crime and sort of news heavy world that you can be in sometimes yeah. okay that podcast is called this is love we're going to play some b52s now and tell us why you've chosen this track um i love b52s when i first heard them they just uh, blew my mind i think it comes straight out of that 60s girl group sort of love into sort of something a bit darker and punkier how old were you when you came across the b52s uh 14 uh-huh <laughs> yeah yeah and, yeah. and they were a bit offbeat, weren't they? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it was very much, for someone who likes 60s fashion but um, had a bit of a, a weirder streak to them, it was very sort of validating. Mm. <laughs> and this song, 52 Girls, I'm not sure if I've come across this one before. Yes, this is off their sort of eponymous album and it's, um, yeah, it's a great one. I don't know what it's about, but it's great. Okay, let's play it. Here it comes. 
RNZ National uh, the lyrics mostly women's names 25 different names featured in the lyrics Effie, Madge Mabel, Biddy, Tina, Louise Hazel and Mavis No Laura though No Laura, no It's B-52s <laughs> And 52 Girls, this is Bookmarks, my guest Laura McFeehan, blogger, mixologist, writer, uh, knitter. I'm interested in the mixology. How did you get interested in cocktails? Um, I think it was partly the interest in old films. They were always in, you know, films from the 30s and 40s, they were always having a cocktail. And I just wanted to know what they were drinking. Yeah. <laughs> it looks so cool. Um, and, I mean, now it's quite a, a big thing. Uh, you can go into places and get a sort of a, a Manhattan or a martini sort of pretty much anywhere. But mm. for a while it was quite sort of like um, it had gone out of fashion, that kind of cocktail. It yeah. was mainly sort of big fruity things. Yeah. Um, and when I started going to bars and things. Um, so Bruce, you'll hate this. I, was out, I had a rare night out on Saturday night. And I went to a bar and I ordered a couple of Negronis, two Negronis, please. And the guy next to me came up to the bar and said, two Negronis, please. And I said to the bartender, is this a, is this a common drink for this time of night? He said, yeah, everyone's, everyone's two Negronis from about 9.30. You know, this, this yep. used to be my cocktail that I uh, loved yep. and discovered yep. and now everyone is drinking. Yep. Well, it's um, a pretty good drink, though. It is. You can't really sort of beat one. Tell, tell me about some of your favourites, though. Uh, well, wintertime, I think uh, Manhattan's pretty good. Yeah. Um, Tell me about that one. That's that's rye rye whiskey. So it's basically two parts rye whiskey to one part sweet vermouth, mm-hmm. and then some bitters. So maybe some Angostura and orange bitters. Yeah. And um, it's just really warm and sort of sweet and smoky and delicious. And you get you, they've got to put a. Um, Maraschino cherry in there as well, okay. which is one of the ones you get in a little jar in syrup. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just think that can't be beat. Yeah. Um, any tips to making a good cocktail? Uh, know what your spirit is and how it likes to be treated. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, if you if you I love gin, you don't need to shake it up. Just stir it in a... Stir it in a glass with some ice and... and um, James Bond used to be worried about bruising the gin. Is that a real thing? Um, it is a real thing, although I think James Bond drank blimmin' vodka martinis. Oh, did he? Which is a, a different thing. Okay. You know? No, no... Maybe it's the vodka he's worried about bruising. Yeah. I don't know about that. No no sort of shame in drinking vodka. It's great, but, um, yeah, I prefer a, I prefer a gin martini. Mm. Give us another one. What's another cocktail you like? Um, well, martinis are pretty good. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of vermouth, so sweet or dry. But uh, I think that a lot of people skimp on the um, dry vermouth in a gin martini. And I think you want almost half and half if you're making a martini for yeah. me. Yeah, and that's a wet martini. That's wet. Mm. That's very wet. And keep it very cold. If everything's really cold... And stirred nicely, it's going to be great. Mm. Um, people who don't drink uh, alcoholic drinks, you also do hot chocolate and coffee recipes? Definitely. I think there's lots you can do without alcohol. And this time of year, um, making a you can you can make a um, 
mulled wine that's really nice with uh, non-alcoholic wine. Oh, yeah. Um, that's quite a good way to use wine that hasn't got any alcohol in it is to warm it up with um, some honey and some uh, cinnamon sticks, cloves, that kind of thing. But if, um, if you're going to do it the Swedish way, you might add some almonds and some raisins in there, mm. which is pretty nice. You can do the same thing with pear juice, actually, which is, makes a really nice um, hot one. Either, and if, it, if you want alcohol in there, put a bit of rye in your pear juice. It's quite yum. You have a decent liquor cabinet? Um, yeah, not bad. <laughs> Sounds like it. Although I, I tend to buy a small amount and use it rather than keep things okay. sort of on hand. I was going to ask you what would be the most obscure bottle of liquor that you've got in your cabinet? No, none. No. I, no. Um, yeah, I don't like having things hanging around <laughs> too long. Uh, and things like vermouth, you shouldn't really keep. They don't. It's not a spirit, so it's not going to last. It's in slightly your fortified, but yeah, yeah, it's a fortified wine, so it's it's uh, will last a couple of weeks. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. Um, Laura McFean is my guest on Bookmarks. Let's talk about some TV shows you've been enjoying. Uh, Swarm on Amazon Prime. Oh yeah. Um, this is a very – it's an unusual program. It's the new program by Donald Glover, who uh, did Ad- Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And um, What's his performer name? Uh, Childish Gambino. Yeah. This is, yeah. So he's made this program, which has Dominic Fishback playing this character, Dre, who is, I guess – I mean, she's definitely an anti-hero – Mm-hmm. She's a super fan for a sort of Beyonce-like um, pop star. Yeah. And she takes her role uh, very seriously, uh, deadly seriously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's quite sort of, it's a heightened uh, kind of reality with a fair amount of violence and some sort of some rude stuff in there as well. But it's she's just a... She's amazing. Her performance in this program, I think, is just outstanding. So, yeah, I, I'm. Has she been in anything else? Uh, not not much. She's quite a sort of a chameleon, so you don't necessarily sort of recognise her in other things. I'm trying to think what the other thing was I saw her in, but I can't. But I think she'll be in. A, she'll be in a lot after this. Yeah. Swarm is the name of that show. And where are they at? Is it um, just one season or what? Just one season. They've made the first season. But it was well received, so hopefully they'll be doing something else. And then Kindred on Disney. Yeah. Um, this is a this is a, another sort of a time travel type thing. Um, it's based off the book by uh, Octavia Butler, who's a fantastic sci-fi writer. And it follows this woman who... Finds her mother went missing years and years ago, um, and she suddenly finds herself being pulled back in time. Um, and she's living in the United States, so being pulled back 200 years for a young black woman in the United States is not <laughs> ideal. No, and so it's quite a sort of a um, it's a, quite a sort of a scary prospect but her mother's in the past so she has to try and put together why this is happening and uh, hopefully how she can stop it because she keeps popping between present time and sort of 200 years ago. It's, uh, she sounds really good. Yeah it is and it's very nicely told and nicely made so yeah I enjoyed that. 
Housekeeping by Marilyn Robinson. Yes. Um, that's another book that you can really get a lot out of rereading, I think. Um, I was, I think, in my mid-twenties when I first read it, and um, it made a huge sort of impression on me. It's the story of two sisters. Um, their mother dies, and they end up in the care of their aunt. Their aunt is uh, only just holding it together as a sort of capable adult. Um, She's not really sort of someone who was made for settling down and living in a household. So you've got these... One sister desperately wants to be normal, wants them to just, you know, appear be normal, and the other one is more of a sort of in tune with the aunt, and um, there's this kind of conflict between, you know, whether they're going to stay the stable family or stable-ish family or whether it's going to sort of explode in some way. And um, that examination of sort of uh, how women are expected to behave, how they're expected to be nurturers and housekeepers and all that kind of thing Mm. and the tension around that is really interesting. But it's also just a really beautiful book about sort of coming of age and that kind of thing as well. Um, this is great recommendations, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> Blackwater by Michael McDowell. Oh, yeah. Um, this goes more to my spooky likes. Um, it's a southern... It's, again, it's, a, it's actually... I think it came out in six parts originally, but now you can buy it in one big volume. It's uh, sort of a southern gothic kind of multi-generational uh, family saga which um, follows one family, the Caskey family, in this small southern town. Uh, And the women in this family also have a habit of turning into sort of um, water monsters. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like Tennessee. Okay, that's got interesting. Yeah. If you imagine Tennessee Williams but with monsters, that's kind of where where it goes. Yeah. It's... um, it's really fun and... Uh, and it's, it sort of came out in the 80s. It did. I think in the early 80s, uh, Michael McDowell was writing... He wrote a lot of really good sort of horror around that time. Um, yeah, The Elementals is another really good book of his. But, uh, yeah, eighty, yeah, 82 or 83, I think it came out. We haven't talked much about movies, have we? But we're going to finish um, with some pretty cinematic music people will know the name John Carpenter yes yes I love his I love his music as much as his films I think um, tell me about this track night so a couple of years ago John Carpenter he did he's made most of the music for his films and they're very sort of recognizable if you think of that Halloween theme um, uh, and a couple of years ago he brought out an album called lost themes which uh, they uh, very much sound like they belong uh, on the soundtrack of one of his films. But um, he's since brought out another two albums of Lost Themes. But, I I mean, if you're driving at night, um, anything like that, I used to listen to it on the bus (laughs) in my headphones. makes you feel like you're in a movie. (laughs) A terrifying movie. A terrifying movie, yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's listen. Uh, Laura, thank you so much. For people who want to take a look at Laura's work, eclectic ladyland blog 
www.wordpress.com or if you um, if you googled Eclectic Ladyland, you might be able to find the Facebook page and get to it from there. Thanks so much. Nice Thanks, Jesse. Uh, let's finish with some John Carpenter. <laughs> 